Don't frazzle my sh- It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today we've got some Black Friday stuff going on. I'm so frazzled. we got, Nicole, focus on the products. <laughs> Stop focus on the frazzle. <laughs> we've got some cool stuff to show you. we got woodworking questions to answer, or at least yep. attempt to answer. A few of them. We've got our coordinated Christmas shirts on today. Yeah, I was, I, I thought... I was wearing a different shirt before the show because I was cold. I was like, I, I want to wear a sweater. Yep. I thought about just letting you wear your shirt only. Yeah. That could have been funny. I mean, I would do that. <laughs> Anyone who knows the joke would be fine with it. Uh, hey, Andy Klein is here. Andy! What's going on, Andy? We're going to be talking in a little bit about uh, one of Andy's new products over at MagSwitch. That'll be after our initial stuff here. Uh, by the way, if you want to help out supporting the show, you mm. can do that at patreon.com slash woodwhisper or uh, on YouTube, I think they finally added like the join button on mobile. Oh, they did. Maybe for some people, I saw it. You might know. be one of the lucky one. Yeah, lucky you one. might be a lucky one, and uh, <laughs> and you could actually help support us there as well. And we want to thank Aaron Morse, uh, Travis Webster, and did you see some of my other names that I had in here mm. today? No, I didn't. Very special. Oh, Candy supporters. Kane. Yeah. Bob Tinsel. Yep. Are these fake names? Keep reading. <laughs> Terrence Kringle and Holly. Terrence Berry. Kringle and Holly Berry. <laughs> The Holly Berry. No. The other one. <laughs> the other Holly Berry. Uh, yeah, we only had two, so I wanted to fill the rest in. <laughs> did you check YouTube? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. But I'm really, I was really proud of Terrence Kringle. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was really some of my finest work. Uh, we want to thank Ness. You guys have, mm. have seen Ness in the chat room a number of times for a wonderful uh, Duncan gift card. Thank you, Ness. We're so having Ness. coffee on you. On you? That doesn't make any We're sense. We're having coffee on you. <laughs> That sounds inappropriate. It sound We've never even met her in person, Nicole. <laughs> Can we at least have a first date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Are you feeling puffy today? Oh, I'm always puffy. No, I just feel very puffy, and I don't know if it was just yesterday, I Thanksgiving. Get, I don't get puffy, Nicole. I feel puffy. Maybe it was all the cheese. It's your Midwestern <laughs> peaches and cream complexion I just that feel, makes you puffy. I just feel puffy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? There's a guild sale. Oh, yeah. Were you aware of that? I was aware of that. Uh, yeah. I had the ads made. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I got the picture a little bit bright today. Huh. Is that the case? Sorry about that. Um, feeling... <laughs> you need you need the extra brightness. Tone anyway. me down. No. <laughs> lower too, it. Lower too it. bright? <laughs> okay. So where am I? Okay. Let me show you what's going on with this guild sale. Mm. Uh, that's not the guild sale. That's, that's actually show my show notes. None of that says, Mark, uh, put your wiener back. Stop it. That's always an important note to have in there. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to the guild site today, thewoodwhisper.com slash, no, sorry, thewoodwhisperguild.com slash store, uh, we have some uh, some fantastic deals. Now, the thing is, when you go to the store page, the, the projects, you can click the link up here and go to projects. Uh, look at the titles. If they're blue, they are not on sale. Is that blue? I thought that was black. No, it's like dark blue. 
It's not orange. It's a greenish blue. It's a not orange. In other words, not orange. <laughs> uh, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll get to the 2019 projects and earlier, and that is all orange, right? All these Start, orange It all ones. starts with the Morley. Yep, the Morley table. That was the last project of 2019. Yep. So all of the rest of these are 40% uh, off when you buy two or more, okay? So speaking of more, let's click on Morley. <laughs> I'm going to add that to the cart and watch what happens. We're halfway there because now we have one thing added to the cart. You just killed the website. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> all right, so that adds at full price, but look at what happens to the rest of these. They all get a slash through, oh, yes. letting you know that if you, for just $30 more, you could have the bread box. All right, once you do that, you are fully at 40% off, and now you have the full discount. This only lasts till Monday. This is only till Monday. And we don't do... We don't do sales a lot. We did a we did a quite a few this year because of twenty twenty stuff. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, so forty so percent yeah. off by two or more. And again, twenty twenty projects are not included in that. The reason we do that, we get a lot of questions. Some people really wish we would put the recent projects on sale. Uh, there is a thing that happens, and I get it. Uh, there's times I've purchased something, and then a couple months later it goes on sale, and I feel like I missed out. I don't like making people feel that way. So the people who invested in those projects in the first year, uh, I don't like to um, smack them in the butt on the mm -hmm. way out like that. Uh, I want to make sure that they feel like they got a good value. So next year those will be on sale, and it just kind of retains the value of what people have already invested in this well, year. And and you may or may not know this, but our guild instructors, uh, we pay them forever. We do pay them. <laughs> like when you buy a project, <laughs> it's going, part of that is going to them. So yeah. it's something that I don't think a lot of people do. But, I don't know how everyone else does it. Like but, people who do these premium things that have subscriptions, but multiple instructors. I don't know how you divide subscriptions yeah. amongst instructors like that, but we use the bottom line is you buy a project. You're supporting the guild, but you are also giving a significant chunk mm -hmm. of that amount goes to the actual instructor, not to us. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So it's all good. Anyway, that's at thewoodwhispererguild.com if you want to check out the sale. And you wanted to say something about the Amazon gift oh, dealy oh, yeah. whacker? So last year we did the Amazon uh, <clears throat> holiday gift guide. Uh, it's still there. It's still relevant. I've ad I've added a couple more things. In fact, I I think I just added these shirts oh to boy. it. Oh boy, that's that's what you want to invest <laughs> so in. You want to get these shirts? I got <laughs> these on Amazon last year, two years ago. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But if you go to Amazon.com/shop/slash The Wood Whisperer, I have a bunch of categories, and Holiday Gift Guide is one of them. Um, and you can find some cool stuff there. Yeah. And and uh, if you buy through the guide, a small percentage of it goes back to us. And uh, this stuff doesn't get old. No. We could use the same gift guide year after year. <laughs> I mean, we just add to it. It's just woodworking stuff. Like, it's not going to get old. <laughs> Those are some of Mark's favorite stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, so, I, I, a couple of comments about the lack of a beard. Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. Last night I shaved, and I did it because Ava has been complaining about the scratchies. Yeah. So, I feel bad, and I, I decided to are shave. Are you cold? You look cold. <laughs> yeah, I look, I look like I'm cold. <laughs> I don't have as much fur to warm me up. So I shaved, and then I saw sitting in the, uh, the little bathroom drawer in my little vanity in there, mm -hmm. I see a Harry's razor. We're talking <laughs> Vanderlist era Harry's razors <clears throat> because, you know, these things don't get used very much in right, my, my right. life. Uh, and I actually took a razor to my face, which is something that I haven't done in a very, very long time. You were trying time. to get that close shave. Really, really close shave. And I think the Harry's razor is starting to grow out, by It way. is. <laughs> Just overnight, I now have my 5 o'clock shadow back. It's like, it's one of those hairy, and look, uh, they're not a sponsor. They haven't been for a long time. So now I can talk about them. You can find them at Target now. 
Yeah, Harry's is a big deal. Um, but what's with the razor companies and like the 14 layers of blades? I don't like, know. N- what they're going to come out with is like Harry's or Gillette, right? Yeah. Could be anybody. They're going to probably call it the wall. And it's just going to be a wall of razor blades that you just rub your body up against. Yeah. Get your cheek up against it's there. It's not just men's like razor. It's women's too. It's, ama- it's like it, Well, it actually the thing the becomes so it becomes thing. so wide. Yeah. If you want to get like precision cuts into your sideburns or something like that, how do you guys do it? I don't With know. a giant wall of razor blades. Can you get to your chat? Oh, sure. Yeah. Scroll, I don't scroll up. Uh, oh, oh up. <laughs> Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. There's a lot here. What there it is. The Mark. Super Chat? Oh. Yeah. I just want to say thanks to Mark. Well, Mark Lowendorf says, no reason, just saying thanks for everything. Well, thank oh, you, Mark. Everything. Everything. That's a lot. Well, we do a lot, Nicole. I don't think we do everything. Well, we're getting close. We're getting pretty close. <laughs> okay, so should we get into uh, the meat and potatoes, hey, as sure. they say? Yeah, I've been grabbing uh, questions. I was a little, this whole... Thanksgiving thing yeah. throws me off my game. Usually, I put my Patreon posts up on Thursday, mm-hmm. but I was too busy baking pies and doing Jackbox games with my mom in yeah. Arizona. Harry wants to know why we always start so early. Well, Harry, when you have kids <laughs> and the kids, it could be even earlier. <laughs> it was for a while. Remember that? Well, I mean, doesn't mean in general or the la- the last two shows we've started earlier than our normal start uh, time. Yeah, that's true. I think that's what he's it's, referring he, to. It's him. He's impatient. Well, the thing is, the time between when I'm ready and then when the show actually starts is dead time. There's nothing I could do. The kids are finally out of the house at, at grandmom's, and it's like I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs, and I have lots of stuff to do. So I'd rather just start the show early than sit around and twiddle my thumbs. That's kind of what it comes down to. Jack Brickhouse <laughs> says, I'm watching this show in my shower. That's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> How does that work? I'm wondering about the implications of, of such How an you, arrangement. Uh, you got like a, a waterproof... Phone? Yeah, I don't right. know. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, most phones these days have a little bit of water resistance, yeah, right? I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Real quick before we get into questions, actually, before I show you the MagSwitch product, I, I do want to mention this. This is something I linked to and uh, posted pictures of on social media. Oh, yeah. So we had a slime stain in our house. Uh, the, the kids me. got some big, goofy slime. Uh, you see that little spot there? After you leave the slime on cherry for a little while, apparently that's what happens. And that's a Rubio Monocoat finish I on pull, there. I pulled it up and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and, the, you know, that's a, a stain that the best I could surmise here is that a lot of times these slime products, and this is not the kind you make at home, but a lot of them have like that borax stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a uh, overall, you know, chemically speaking, a basic material. Yeah, basic. You're so basic. And what you have in uh, some woods is tannins or, or tannic acid, right? So what you have there is a reaction that then causes the brown color. Uh, a lot of times if you're using oak and you have a you know clamp with some glue stuck on it, you'll get those black stains like that. So this is kind of a similar reaction that happens here. So, you know, it's a bummer. But being a Rubio finish, I thought, well, all I really have to do here is sand this and then reapply the finish. It's kind of the joy of Rubio. But on cherry, if you sand it, you remove some of the color, right. the natural it aged would be color, like, like that, that blonder. Yeah, that beautiful color you see there. I would actually have a spot that would turn light. So I either do the entire thing, or I just do a spot sand or scrape, uh, and then just hope that Mother Nature will eventually even those things out. Well, someone had suggested that Rubio actually makes another incredibly overpriced product, but that actually works, uh, called their tannin remover. So I picked up a small bottle, that little tiny bottle there, uh, it was like $150, Nicole. 
That's not true at all. No. It was like $16 the or something? One I, what, the one in Amazon that I put in Friday Live. Oh, just, that one is. Just for reference. <laughs> but it's a liter. It's a liter and it's $163. Yeah. But don't get that one. You don't need that much. I mean, I guess if you're doing this for a living and servicing customers, yeah. sure. A tiny little bottle that I bought. It was like 16 bucks. But I rubbed that schmutz all over there and let it sit for about 15 minutes. Then I came back and wiped it clean. And look at this. Bob, Bob, boom, baby. It's like magic. It actually worked. Right, And it, not only did it work, it did not remove the finish. I didn't even have to apply more Rubio. So there's the before, there's the after. That's pretty impressive. Right. Do you and think that would work on st something that's not Rubio, a Rubio finish? Or is it just specifically for a Rubio finish? I think it really depends on if this material can get through to the wood. Gotcha. All right. So like I think a Rubio finish is a very light duty finish in that sense. Uh, it's not going to take much to have a chemical seep through and absorb into the, like be able to get down to the wood fibers. Mm -hmm. uh, although it does resist water and things like that very well. So it, it was really interesting the way that worked and I was very happy with it overall. So the funny thing was when I first posted it, a lot of people were like, well, see, that's why you don't want to use Rubio. And it's like, well, no, that's why I do want to use Rubio. Like it's a, it's a finish that I could fix very easily. Uh, when you have problems with film finishes, it tends to get a little more complicated. So it's neither, you know, a argument for or against from me. It's like, here's what this product does. This is how it worked. And the result was good. I was happy and I didn't have to, uh, do any kind of refinishing. I like the Dunkin' uh, holiday cups. Yeah, they're very cheery. Oh, I forgot. Um, if you are a Patreon. Uh, a patron? A patron. Can I have my coffee? Sure. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Hands Pat off the coffee. Patreon level uh, 10 and higher. Anytime during the year, if you signed up for Patreon at the $10 level mm -hmm. or higher, uh, I'm, I'm actually processing holiday cards for you. So you should be getting one of those. Well, if you live in Australia... It might be more of a New Year's card. Sure. But yeah, I'm working on those. Um, you know, funny thing with the beard, someone's like, you got to grow some mutton chops. Uh, does anybody who has a beard, when you decide to shave it, I can't imagine there's any man that doesn't take 30 pit stops on the way to clean shaven to try oh every possible God. permutation of a beard that you can. So last night I, I did about, I only did about five. Uh, so as I was working my way down, I kept going to Ava. She was taking a bath. I'm like, how about this? She's like, uh-uh. <laughs> So I had a sweet mustache for about five minutes. Uh, Keith Keegan has a, a super chat about the PM fifteen hundred. Do you okay. have, is that what you have? You have a fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's a bandsaw. Right? It's a bandsaw. I can't get the bottom thrust bearing adjusted. It stays loose no matter what. How do you adjust the guide post? It rubs against the flywheel. Powermatic is not responding to my oh! emails or calls. Well, here's the problem, Keith. I don't have that anymore. Um, I do have a PM fifteen hundred, but when um, Alex Snodgrass came out to visit. He brought me a um, Carter bandsaw. They make like the, the little guide things. Uh, he brought one of those. So I don't have the one that comes with it anymore. I don't remember having any big a, a problems guide, with it. Guide post? Is that what he replaced the guide post? Well, the whole assembly with the, the guide bushing, which is a thrust bearing and the two uh, side bearings. Mm. So the whole thing has been replaced on mine. I don't have any tips for you because I don't have it anymore. Um, so I'm sorry about that. I do wish Powermatic would uh, respond to you, but uh, maybe cut him a little bit of slack because we're dealing with a holiday week here. Holiday and a lot, like for instance, Bell Forest isn't—they're yeah. ha not having a Black Friday sale because they're running at capacity of how many people they can have and mm -hmm. quality and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's a tough time for everybody. But again, I don't—I just—I don't have the um, stock one to be able to tell you what to do. I'm sorry. So you—you you got yours is Carter. Yeah, it's all Carter. So if he replaced point. it with a Carter, would that fix it? 
Yeah, but I don't want to tell yeah. the guy to go spend a couple hundred bucks to replace something True. that should be working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicole, come on. But they're not all about money here, yeah. all right? Yes. We're not yeah. all made of money, Nicole, like I, you are. I, stop it. <laughs> Such a turd. Okay. I need my Robux. Yeah, you do need your Robux. You know what? I need a, I need a friend who works at Roblox is what I need. Ooh, that would be nice. <laughs> if I ever like could could swing the uh, the Wood Whisperer you know, power behind something to get something for free. Robux. It would be barbecue equipment and uh, Robux. So we don't have to pay for that for the kids. Oh my God. All right. Roblox. So, hey, uh, you guys want to see something cool? I'm going to show you something cool. Uh, bear with me. I have to move over there because I got to get to the, the drill press, which means I have to take my microphone off. Are you I will going to uh... be as careful as possible not to hurt your ears? Boop. All right. Boop. So, I'm going to show you a product here. Look at this Boom Chakalaka. Is this why Andy's here? It's the only reason Andy's here. <laughs> this is his invention, right? <laughs> Andy's got better things to do than to watch the morning show. <clears throat> Sorry. All right, I think we're we're good. Can you see everything? Uh, yep, I this, see it. This is an Andy invention. Uh, Andy, what's cool is he creates cool products. As you guys know, we work with him uh, fairly frequently. And he made a number of cool things using MagSwitch magnets. And they said, you're hired. So he's now like working with, with MagSwitch, uh, developing great products for woodworkers and makers. This is his, uh, his drill press fence. And if you guys uh, have a drill press, you probably know the inadequacies of most drill press fences. Um, they just tend to be kind of flimsy. They don't work real well or hold their settings really well. They always seem to get in the way of uh, you know this, this travel, right? So even if you can get your bit down real far, when using a fence, a lot of times your chuck is going to wind up hitting the fence. So uh, Andy came up with a great system that allows you to really get in there. You've got this little V-notch in here. So you got all the advantages, full travel here. This gets down to be about, I don't know what that is, like an inch and a quarter, it looks like to me. Uh, but that's usually plenty of room. Look how far I can go before you make contact. So you can get your workpiece right up or your, your drilling right up against the fence, which is really great. Uh, it's all magnetic, right? So you don't have to worry about the stupid T-tracks. You just kind of push this thing wherever you want it to go. Your magnets are right back here. Typical mag switch stuff. You just turn that little knob uh, and, and they activate. I'm trying not to kill the focus here, sorry. And one thing I want to show you is as soon as we set this up, you know, we, lo we looked at this system. We're like, okay, steel plate. You know, you've got these magnets here. I wonder how square this thing is. So we popped it onto the table, engaged the magnets, and then uh, John and I grabbed our best square and went, dang, <laughs> that's square. Uh, somehow, I don't know exactly you know, how they milled it so well, um, but this is dead on square all the way across. right? So we were super stoked about that because now we don't have to worry about it. Um, if you look at the fence here, depending on the size, uh, Powermatic makes a really big table here. Most uh, drill presses don't have a table that large. Um, on the Pro unit, um, you know, I'm about the full length or the full width of this table, but you can move this magnet unit across. They've got uh, pre-bored holes here. So if you need to do something a little bit tighter uh, for a smaller uh, tabletop, you have that. The other thing that's cool about that is if your tabletop is smaller, uh, you can move these magnets and then still have some overhang on both sides. There's nothing wrong with a little overhang and then you just have a longer fence. Um, so he has these in two different sizes. There's um, I don't know if they're just, they just call it drill press fence, whatever it That's is. It's a small version? The small and version. Pro. Yeah, so the Pro is the one that gets the fancy name, right? Uh, but again, the Pro is what I have here. 
Another addition to the setup that's really sweet is the stop. So it's a multi-position stop. It is also magnetic, right? So of course it locks in place, but you can use it in different orientations. So if you wanna, cause here's the thing, it's a magnet, but it is magnetic to the fence, but also to your drill press table. Right? So if you need to do something really weird <laughs> for whatever reason, you've got the ability to have a nice secure stop there as well as one that goes to the table. Uh, because of the shape, you've got a short fence or a short stop <laughs> short stop, like baseball, Nicole. <laughs> uh, short stop and then also a high stop. Um, so you could probably just use your imagination and find all different ways to uh, integrate this onto the fence. So we've been using this for about a week now. Gotta say, absolutely love it. Um, it's a really, really nice product. Uh, the Do you have the links there? I just put them <clears> in the <throat> chat room. So I, I can... With the code Mark. Oh, that's a good code. I can answer questions about this. I don't know if I need to stay over here. Um, but we have two links for you. One is going to be for the small version. The other is for the pro. Uh, right now, if you use my code, which is my name, Mark, M-A-R-C, you're going to get 15% off in addition to the pre-sale price. Oh, yeah. It is on pre-sale, so it's reduced. After the pre-sale, the price goes up. And you have until December 23rd to get that. 22nd. December 22nd. <laughs> you're good at this. <laughs> You haven't told Oh, this. no, you're right. I'm not good at this. Oh, Nicole, I'm on the ball here, and you're messing me up. Sorry. So you're December right. 23rd, and... Uh, Ships you get, in April, though. Yeah, but it does ship in April. Yeah, this is a pre-order or pre-sale, all right? So great product, great way to support your fellow maker, inventor type people. <laughs> I'm coming around, Nicole. All right, you come around. Uh, let's see. Where, where did, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, Apo Penis says, why must you keep inventing... Uh, pressure to my wallet. <laughs> I like wallet pressure. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. So yeah, 15% off. It's a great deal. December 23rd. Uh, you know, the stuff is, um, is amazing. Andy comes up with great products. I'm just happy we live in a time oh, yeah. where... I thought it, you were going to say, I'm happy we live close to him. No, that doesn't help me at all, Nicole. <laughs> <clears throat> Once in a while, actually it does. But no, I'm just glad we live in a time where people who have great ideas can find the resources as, as an independent mm -hmm. person, find the resources to make things, and then even get contacts with uh, you know a company like MagSwitch where he can partner with them or, or start working for them and actually have even more resources at his disposal. Um, so cool products like this can keep Gazank coming out. wants to know, how much for the promo code mark with a K? It gets you nothing. Nothing. They actually add uh, cost <laughs> to it if you do that. Uh, so a couple of notes here. When you're checking out, I was a little bit confused by this. There is a uh, box that says referral code when you're in your cart. Don't put it there. That's just for something else. Go to the checkout page and you'll see a dis regular discount code box. That's where you want to put it in there, the discount code. I'm guessing the referral is probably like influencer <clears throat> code maybe i don't know how star they star code yeah probably how they track that i don't know <laughs> i don't know the other thing is if you are a european uh viewer and you want to take advantage of the sale you could do that they also have a european website mag-tools.eu oh. right now if you use our code there it'll all still work the same way we still get a small affiliate fee you still get the prices but you get better shipping right because that's coming from the european mag switch website probably be faster too I would imagine. Since it's coming from Europe. Well, maybe, I don't know. It's the same company. So oh. I wonder if they get a sale from Europe that goes to the U.S. site as a company. Do they go, well, we should probably ship this from yeah, a yeah, closer yeah. place? I, I don't know. know. I don't know how it works. How's that work? We don't, we don't anyway, know. so uh, that's pretty cool stuff. Thank you, Andy, for uh, sending me one of those to play with. And um, 
Yeah, go get yourself some fences, y'all. I've been collecting questions, and we have a few questions on Good. Patreon. Let's do questions. Jeremiah said, no question. Just wanted to say happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate all you do. So Nicole says, I've got a couple of questions, but I'm going to start with no question. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to say happy Thanksgiving to you, That's good, Jeremiah. Yeah, How thanks. long do you say happy Thanksgiving? Like Forever. Like the Thursday and Friday? Eh, I think after Friday you could stop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the last day. Mm -hmm. Get one in. All right, you got you go. Oh, you got questions for you, me here already? Yeah, I've already. I haven't seen them. Joe Ferrone. Ferreon says, hey gang, question on finishing, Once you, uh, one you probably don't already have on video. I have some 200-year-old barn boards and would love to retain the patina on edge surfaces after I make cuts. What chemical combo or stain can I use to mimic weathering? Oh yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving. No, it says thank you, thank you, <clears throat> Okay, thank you, Hapsgiving, sorry. <laughs> it's amazing that my eye just read the regular yeah. greeting. Weird. You know, I don't do this stuff. I, I, so I, you're right. I don't have a, a video on it because I, I don't really do it. Um, there are products out there. There used to be a really cool aging product. And I and I don't know if they make it anymore and kind of lost track of it. But it would give you that gray weathered look. What was it called? I don't remember. That's the oh. problem. Uh, and, and anytime I've looked for it, I can't find it. Some stain products will kind of sell themselves like that. Some of the Rubio products, you can find like a smoky um, color to it, which will add that gray weathered look. But this is one I'm throwing to the chat room. Okay. Because I'm sure there's people who have done this and have done the research. I haven't. I don't really have a great product recommendation. So chat room, if you have a suggestion for Joe, uh, go ahead and throw that in there. Uh, Ian, Chris did a super chat and said, I shaved my beard. I thought it looked like, I thought it looked like, Harley Race with my mutton chops. Everyone else thought I look, uh, thought I'd lose a race with Harley. I don't know who Harley Race is. If uh, maybe it's a racing person. Harley Race. I'm gonna look <laughs> I don't it up. Know. Harley. We, race. we don't know anybody, Nicole. American professional wrestler. That's what I thought, but I was thinking you were in Europe. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's a person. Okay. He's an old wrestler. Wow. Oh, he lived in St. Charles. Oh, he's from Missouri. Well, you should know this guy. He's probably your uncle. Well, I, the, the names sound familiar, but I was like, no, not that guy. But I, just, I, I guess just, so. I just made myself laugh. Okay, James Woodward says, I built some drawers and now they are all assembled and painted. I've discovered that they're a bit too tall. I need to trim about a quarter inch off of each drawer. I'm planning to do this. How did you get to that point? <laughs> you didn't test it before you painted? I don't mean to make fun of you, but... I guess I've, we've all been there and done that. So um, I need to trim about a quarter inch off of each drawer, planning to do this on the table saw, but wondering if you have any tips that I could follow to do this safely. I'm mostly concerned about the final cut that will separate the two pieces. <clears throat> well, this shouldn't be too difficult to do uh, because a drawer, you've got that flat drawer front, all you're going to be doing is running your boxes. I mean, you could disconnect your drawer fronts if they are not permanently connected uh, and make your cuts that way. Let me, let me make sure I understand this. Painted, discovered, too tall, trim about a quarter inch off of each drawer. So if this is just a drawer front situation and you have false fronts, this is not too difficult to do. Either remove the front, make your cuts that way, or you could just cut with the whole box. Just be very careful to keep it nicely against the fence. I've made slight adjustments that way with a finished drawer box and ran that across the table saw. Um, if you don't have that, and maybe this is the reason for your apprehension here maybe you have a completed drawer and you need to cut all four sides i think that might be where you're what you're talking about because otherwise i don't understand what the safety concern is uh in that case as you're cutting around this is just like 
you know how sometimes people will make a box, a decorative box, and then they cut the lid off as a last step so it's all one piece and you get perfect grain continuity? It's kind of what you're doing here. So as you start to make your cuts, uh, by the time you get two cuts, things get a little bit wobbly. So what you can do is put a little shim in the gap, right, the kerf that you make there. Uh, put a little shim, cover it with some blue tape or, you know, if you have to, some um, hot melt glue or something just to keep it in place. That little shim will keep everything nice and stable so you can continue to make the, the second and the, or the third and the fourth cut. Um, but using those shims is a good way to stabilize that off-cut piece. And then once you're done, you just kind of pop it off and you're good to go. That's probably what you're thinking and that's what I would do. All right, what else? Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Robert, Robert wants to know who's Margot. It's a movie. It's from uh, Christmas Vacation. There you go. Figure, uh, featuring Chevy Chase. Mm -hmm. And Margot is uh, Elaine. Yeah. Right? It is. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. This is from Brent Dyer. He says, I'm making two boxes that have to hold an item of a certain depth. When measuring, I forgot to leave room for a floating panel at the bottom of the box. I forgot about the bottom of the box completely. I didn't realize that mistake until the sides of the box were cut, glued, and in clamps. In, insert face palm. Um, is it a good idea to glue a solid wood panel to the bottom of the box? I'm worried about wood movement. Uh, with Christmas being so close, I don't have time to start over again. Boxes are made out of three-quarter inch walnut. They are a square that is eight and a half inches wide by seven inches tall. Yes, I would be worried about a solid panel at those dimensions. I wouldn't do it. Um, there are, oh, there's always a chance that you could do this and it will be perfectly stable and it'll be fine. But ultimately, if you're talking something that's seven, well, no, eight and a half inches wide, that thing's going to move. And what happens when that moves is it's going to fight against those box sides. Uh, and you may wind up uh, breaking a glue joint at some point. You may wind up having that bottom buckle to some extent. <clears throat> I wouldn't do it. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ways. This is tough at this point because if you're going with solid wood, that thing needs to float. One thing you, I guess, could consider is a plywood bottom. If you go with a plywood bottom, you could veneer it yourself, put some nice walnut veneer on there so it kind of matches up, trim out the edges with some walnut veneer. That will be more stable. All right? So if you, can, if you can find your way to make that work with the design, that will work better. You might even make it, I guess if I were really, really stuck and wanted to fix this and didn't want to throw anything away, I would get a piece of plywood, I would veneer it so it at least looks like walnut, I would get some edge banding around the outside, and I'd probably make it about a quarter inch bigger than the rest of the box, and then put a nice little round over it on it. So it, what it does is create kind of a base to the box and gives it a little bit more dimension. Uh, and that is something that you could then just glue straight to the bottom of the box. That's a good way to save it. Might even look cool, but that depends on your design. I don't know if it'll ruin what you're trying to do, but that's how I would turn that accident into a feature. Okay. Scott Walsh has a question. <clears throat> Can jointer planer planer knives be so so dull? How dull are they? How dull are they? <laughs> that they cannot be professionally resharpened. I just purchased a used machine and I've never seen such visibly dull <laughs> knives before. If it's a used machine that has tons of hours, I mean, I would take it to someone who sharpens because a lot of times, you know, yeah, it might be dull and everything is blunted. But that doesn't mean it can't be sharpened, right? I would, you could I would, probably take a picture and send it in and say, before you waste the trip. Yeah, um, I mean, now if this thing has been sharpened 20 times, uh, maybe it's at the end of the life uh, of the knives because you're just going to, you know, like chisels, right? Or, or plain blades. Eventually, 
in theory, you work back so far that it's just a nub and there's nothing left. So, But if you still have a good amount of uh, knife material there, uh, plenty of room for those little, what do they call them things, the little jib screw dealies, uh, for them to, to grab onto that knife, it probably can still be sharpened. Uh, it's at least worth a shot. But again, if it's if it's old knives that have been like really well used and they are cheap, then you might just be better off buying some new knives. Uh, uh, Scott just did a super chat. Oh, Scott, you silly goose! Merry New Year! Merry New Year to not you yet. as well. We're, We're not there. there. We're not there yet, Scott. We are in this house. Hold up. We're well. We're not the New Year, but the Merry. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to do the Merry. <laughs> do uh. the Merry. <laughs> I tried that once. Uh, she she wasn't responsive. No. Okay, Mike, Mike McMahon. Oh my God. She's <laughs> terrible. She didn't reciprocate, Nicole. Do you need me to explain no. it? Oh, I know. It just sounds horrible. Move along. She wasn't interested. What yeah. can I say? <laughs> uh, is pre-finishing a panel... Okay, so this is Mike Mahone, by the way. Mick Mahone. Uh, is pre-finishing <laughs> a panel ever necessary? If so, when? I didn't pre-finish the panels in my barrister bookcase, and it's been fine, but I'm wondering if a bigger panel would have issues with wood movement, exposing unfinished wood. Working on one that's about 22 by 12 right now. Well, absolutely, this could be a problem, Mike. Um, if you're using a finish, or especially a stain, um, you just want to make sure you at least get the color on there. Um, I feel less, you know, I don't worry so much about finish, right? Because as long as like, you know, like in our kitchen, we've got some brown stained um, cherry cabinets. Or no, I think they're alder. Sorry. I don't know. But if, if that panel shrinks and exposes something, if it doesn't have finish on it, it's not as much of an eyesore as something that doesn't have stain on it. You would see like a blonde line there. That's bad news. Um, so typically, if I do expect that kind of color variation and I expect movement, um, I'm going to want at least the color on there and then at least one coat of finish, right? And then you could do the assembly and then you could go back and do a final coat of finish after you sand your frame and all that stuff. So I do believe it's a good idea to pre-finish your panels. Um, but again, if I'm just doing a clear coat and especially if I'm using something like I use now, the hard wax oils, if something shrinks and I start to see an unfinished line, you know what I have to do? I go get a little bit of oil and I go whoop and then it looks perfect. Uh, you also have a situation with, with clear finishes and oils. They seep in under. So a lot of times you might just get that extra 16th all the way around and that's probably not, you know, it'll kind of seep into it. That probably won't present a problem later. Okay, that's all the questions you put in the notes. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's just grab them live. All righty. Quick fire Looks like style. John Malecki's streaming live right now. Oh, okay. Well, let's stop what we're doing and go uh, watch him uh, <laughs> chug a couple of beers or whatever he does over there. He's talking to everybody. <laughs> He's doing a giveaway. <clears throat> okay. We do our giveaways, our holiday giveaways, closer to the holidays, right? Yep. Speaking of uh, woodworking celebrities, hey. you got King's Fine Woodworking, James King, <laughs> my good science buddy over there. Fellow Coloradan. Oh, yeah. Good morning, James. Joe just asked me if my stickers were new. They are. Yeah, what? she had to separate our two laptops. You can't so see them all, but... You can tell got, them apart. Look at a, a little Frenchy. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then Marilyn Monroe being all badass. Look, I think that's unfair to her. I don't believe that that's a I don't picture. Think she, I don't think she actually did that. I Could you imagine? All tattooed up. Was all tattooed and uh, <laughs> looking like a punk rocker, but fine if that's what we're going for. <laughs> all right. Got a question here from a Sammy. Uh, newbie question, can you fill in a wood engraving with epoxy, sand it down, and then stain the wood? What will the stain adhere, will the stain adhere to the epoxy, which I don't want to happen? The stain might grab, or the, the epoxy might grab a little bit of stain color, but it's epoxy. It's not going to absorb stain. 
the way that wood does. It's mostly going to reflect whatever is in the epoxy. So if you put some coloring agent in there, it's probably going to hold on to that. Um, but again, you might get a little bit of um, a color shift, but not much. I think this is something you should probably just test uh, to make sure this looks the way you want it to look. But I don't, I wouldn't anticipate a stain dramatically changing the color of a epoxy inlay like that. Mm -hmm. All right, what else we got? I got a question from Ryan. Do I need to edge band a three quarter inch plywood cabinet carcass if I'm going to paint it anyway? It's up to you. Yeah. I mean, plywood edges are not the most durable things. You got to figure you have very thin veneer. Flake off too, right? Yeah, that's the thing. You've got that very thin veneer on the outside and a, and a sandwich of um, thicker, but still pretty thin veneers. Uh, and it's a combination of side grain and end grain and side grain and end grain. So that is something that does not look great and it's not that durable. This is why we tend to edge band them. Uh, if you are painting, you will also notice a texture difference, right? So the edges being that mixture of not great quality materials just sandwiched together, you put that paint layer on there, you're gonna wind up with little pits and things. There's gonna be a texture issue happening there. Now, some people will just get like um, drywall mud you know, or, or some kind of wood filler, and you can actually put the filler on the edge, sand it nice and smooth, and that will alleviate the pitting and stuff that you might see, but still, it's not that durable of an edge. So I do recommend that if, if you're worried about durability, uh, that you would want that solid wood edging on there. Uh, what can happen if you don't, depending on where the cabinet is, um, if you hit the corner or something hits that veneer corner, it could just pull right up or flake or splinter, right? So that could be a problem. Don has a question for you, and I'm looking right at it, so I figure it was relevant. Don Sargood, did you finish your assembly outfeed table? When will we see the video? It's over there. It's right there. It's still being worked on. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping we could finish it before I take my December break. So this week is your last... So this week and next week, um, I might do a little bit of work. How many weeks do you think there are in November? Uh, the first day of next week is still part of December, <laughs> okay. or still part of November. <laughs> Isn't it? I believe. Uh, today's the 27th. Yeah. There's only 31 days? 30, 30 days. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> There's only three days left. Uh, we do have a video plan. Probably the, the fan table is going to come out in December. I would not expect to see this assembly table, outfeed table, until 2021. Yeah. Until January. Hey, by the way, if you watch the show on Amazon, I'm completely up to date. So there should be four new videos out there. I okay. A few people, that's how they watch it. I was a little behind on that. Yeah. Doug, uh, Doug put flame Monday. on his KitchenAid mixer. Monday. There's only like That's what I told you. three days. No, you said like one week and then a following No, I week. said next week. There's still one day left yeah, of yeah. December or no November. I keep saying the wrong month, but you know what I mean, Nicole. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ken wants to know, how long can you leave timber before gluing after sizing? Depends on where you live. So he's he's planed it. I'm assuming no, he sized it. No, there's there's. Yeah, I think he's talking about glue sizing. Mm. <clears throat> so, I don't, who's right here, Nicole or Mark? I don't know which which version because you you could be right. Yeah. But what I think he's talking about is glue sizing, which is where you take wood glue, you dilute it with water, and then you paint um, like end before, grain. But he says before gluing, after sizing. Yes. So you you size the joint to help uh, the absorption so it doesn't suck up all the glue, and then you glue it together. Ooh, who's right? I think I'm right. All right. I'm gonna answer this question as if I'm right. Ken, let us know. <laughs> uh, I don't do this that often, Ken, so I don't know from experience, but I've you know read enough about it. Um, some people will let it dry completely. 
Uh, some people will actually just put it on, give it a few seconds, and then put the glue in there. Um, I think both methods can work. The bottom line is when you're glue sizing, you're trying to uh, preload the grain with something so that when you put your real glue on there, it stays there, as opposed to a dry joint in end grain is going to just suck up all the glue no matter what you do. Um, so I think it was a Chris Schwarz article that I read recently where he's a big fan of just kind of painting on the size, letting it sit for two seconds, and then putting the glue right back on there. I do like that method because one of the things that happens when you glue size is it's water. So you get raised grain. So a joint that fit perfectly, when you put it back together, it's with that raised grain, you're going to be kind of inclined to, um, to sand it just a little bit to smooth it out because the joint doesn't go together quite as well as it did prior to the sizing. So I'm kind of in favor of the idea of doing it while it's all wet. Uh, this way you can get a nice uh, tight glue joint and just add glue after the size has been added. Matthew Lee says, I, says I'm right. I was right. Is he the one who, a who asked the question? No. So I think Matthew Lee is wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say two of you are incorrect. Ken's not. It, Ken did clarify it after he, but I, I pulled the question like at the top of the show. So okay. I missed the second part of so it. So you didn't get the clarification? I didn't get the clarification yet. I, I still think I'm right. All right. Well, <laughs> Ken, I hope that helped. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Adam, I think, I, I think you can see that. Was it mm -hmm. Super Chat? Yep. It mm -hmm. should highlight it. There it is. There he is. Adam Nesvold says... I'm working on the gaming dining table, 40% uh, off in the guild, by the way, yeah. if you get uh, two, two projects. projects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I hear. Okay, I ordered veneered plywood, but got MDF instead. I'm going to order some Sapili veneer, but I don't have a vacuum press. Is there another method that I can use? Well, you know, uh, veneering was done before vacuum presses, so there are methods. Um, pressing that kind of veneer on a large surface can be a little bit difficult. Um, is it paperbacked veneer, right? Because if you have paperbacked veneer, you can actually do a, uh, it's not my favorite way to do it because I don't like contact cement, but you can do a, a sort of a, a, a rolling method, right? They get those big J rollers, little contact cement, and you could apply veneer that way on a large sheet without a press. But I, I really prefer using uh, more strong uh, rigid adhesives for veneer panels. So I, outside of making a giant veneer press, I don't know how you would do it that way. Right, so uh, that's a bit of a challenge, a bit of a pickle you got yourself into there. A pickle, pickle. Keep in mind, you don't need to veneer your own. This is something that I need to make sure. I've gotten a couple questions about that recently. I want to make sure it's totally clear that because I use shops on veneer on my panels for the gaming dining table, you don't have to. You absolutely can just buy veneer plywood that has the the veneer you want. So you could find a resource for a Sapili veneered three quarter inch plywood, edge band it, and you're done. You don't need to do your own veneered panels for this, for that project. You know, I'm, I've been using the gaming table quite a bit this holiday season. I saw you doing the puzzles. Yeah, I'm doing the puzzles. Puzzles are what people get people, like, excited. Yeah. I thought board games were, would be the thing, but yeah. people like them damn puzzles. Well, especially with a lot of people staying home now, puzzles are in high demand. Yeah. People, like, companies are selling out of puzzles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm doing a Mickey mini Christmas puzzle. It's like 500 pieces, and it's all, like, red. <laughs> So yeah. it's going to take me a little while. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. Do you see any questions you want to throw up? No. I like it when you can throw it up. up. I, I like throwing up too, Nicole. On the screen. It really makes me feel better about myself. Hi, Mark. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm brand spanking new here. What do you do, missus? What do I do? 
All kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty good, Nicole. Good if explanation. You're, if you're new here, I, I don't know. I just take up the slack. Pick up my slack? <laughs> a lot of customer service. I handle working with businesses that want to work with us. Yeah, Nicole's, I, uh, Nicole's entry into the business generally happened once there was enough work that yeah. I couldn't get to that I was like, we really need somebody to do this because I don't have the time. Uh, but also there were opportunities left on the table mm-hmm. because I couldn't return calls or return emails to to work with advertisers and sponsors yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of community outreach stuff that Nicole does. Mm-hmm. Um, I manage the, the Guild Facebook group. Just yeah. kind of, I do a lot. She's really the other half of the business. <laughs> yeah. And I think, hey, we should we should do that. And Mark yeah. will go, I'm not even, okay. Sure, <laughs> not let's even, do that. I'm worried about building this piece of furniture. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I also have currently homeschooling two kids. Both of them are home now. Uh, she cuts Mark hair. No, I don't cut his hair. He cuts his own hair. I did try to cut it once. Well, there's times where I, like, can you get me a little bit back here? I can't reach it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, what else? You got, got a question? Questions? Yeah, there's tons of questions. I was hoping you would throw, up, throw one up on yeah. the screen. Okay, well, this makes for a great uh, video as people well, watch I'll, me Well, you look for chat. a question and I will a- ask a question. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, Shoemaker Woodworking says, my wife bought me a tool apron for Christmas. Can Mark sign it? Did you buy it from us? If you bought it from us, you can reach out to Lorna and, and she can have us. In fact, we're signing shirts for Ness. They're mm. on the table, Ness. Yeah, if it's, if, I mean, I, I would assume that's why he's saying that is because he bought it from us. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, we could, we could sign whatever. As long as it hasn't been shipped out already. I do get a little bit concerned about signing fabric and leather and things like that. Like, I don't know how well that holds up. It probably will. But we, I mean, we used to sign hats and things. Yeah. But it's like, if that's what you want, we'll, uh, we will mess up your brand new apron. Yeah. <laughs> All you want. Just uh, send an email to Lorna at thewoodwhisperer.com and she'll, mm-hmm. or you can reply to your receipt and it'll either go to me or her. Uh, okay, so Mike. Danino says, what's your favorite way to secure glass panels in a wood frame? I don't know why my name isn't showing. I don't know why it's not either, but I see your name there, Mike D- Danino. Hey, Mike. Uh, you know, I treat glass panels a lot like wood in the sense that you want to make sure you've got room for expansion. Not necessarily expansion of the glass, but you want a little bit of a gap around the wood in case the wood, or around the panel in case the wood expands. You don't want the wood to expand and like if you drop it into a rabbit, it expands. And if you have a really tight panel, you could actually end up with a broken piece of glass, which is no good. So I put a little bit of room around it. Uh, a lot of times I, you know, there's commercial clips that you can buy. So once you have this thing down into a rabbit, you could then put clips around the perimeter that hold it into place. I like to make things out of wood when I can. So there have been times where I'll just make a nice thin frame, a little mitered frame that goes around over top of the rabbit and also over top of the piece of glass with little tiny brass screws. So the idea here is if this glass ever breaks, you could replace it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily, I've done it in the past, but it's a little bit risky. If you put a a glass panel into a groove that kind of just locks it in place, if that ever breaks, you can't replace it very easily, right? So that's why I prefer a rabbit and some kind of a clip to hold it in place. Excuse me. (laughs) I may also use like um, caulking or something. So before you put the panel down, the glass panel down into that rabbit, just a couple of little dollops of uh, caulk, some kind of silicone (laughs) or something uh, to kind of hold the panel in place, prevent it from shaking around. Shake, 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 shake. Mm Mm-hmm. Got a question here from... 
Uh, Anthony. Anthony. Any thoughts on Rockler's HVLP spray gun? Any other recommendations? Do you have the H theirs? You don't have theirs. I haven't. I, I had experience with one that they made maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't know what their current one is. Is it an, a relabeled Erlex or something like that? I, th I thought they were doing something along those lines. Uh, they always make a good budget offering in, in the world of HVLP. So if you're new to it and you don't want to, you know, drop a thousand bucks on a, you know, crazy high-end turbine, uh, you could certainly start there. And uh, it, it gets a lot done. What you're going to find is the components aren't really that well made. Your hose is probably going to be a problem at some point. The gun itself may not be that easy to set up uh, and the thing may not be that powerful. So if you go for very thick bodied finishes, you'll find the limitations there. But that said, it's a great starting point. If you're just spraying clear finishes, um, I, I highly recommend the budget ones to kind of get your bearings and learn about spraying. Uh, once you know more about it and you know how much you're going to do it, then you can invest in something that's a little bit more durable, um, you know, pro-level type gear. Let's see. Uh, got a question here from Hollywood D. Hollywood. Going to build some cabinets, built-in cabinets, and paint them white. What type of sheet material do you recommend that will accept Accept paint well. I was thinking of Baltic birch. Baltic birch is fine. I use Baltic birch for um, a lot of the shop cabinets just because it's uh, it's got a lot of layers. It's nice and flat. Usually stays nice and flat. Um, but ultimately, when it comes to you know to paint, you can just get paint grade you know plywood that doesn't have a hopefully doesn't have tons of voids in it. Um, but paint doesn't really care what it's going on top of, right? As long as you smooth the surface, and I guess you probably want to use a, a good primer, an appropriate primer. Um, you could do it on just about anything. Um, I think the, the choice in the sheet good kind of comes down to like how much investment do you want to put in the core structure of the cabinet. So Baltic Birch, I think, is a great choice. But there are other options out there, especially is this our, paint is, there, is this our second or third question about paint? Yeah, a lot of paint today. A lot of paint today. What, what, it's like, like I made a video about painting cabinets. <laughs> That's true, you did. <laughs> what? I did that once. That was a bad idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, the ADD Maker asks, are, do you have any tips on running hickory edge trim through a router? I'm not having, and not having it explode in your face, asking for <laughs> a friend. <laughs> uh, light cuts, you know, take your time and, and ease into it. Uh, hickory is, is kind of a beast that way. So depending on the profile, have a lot of times. Made, have you ever made uh, furniture with hickory? Not furniture. I've made cabinet, um, cabinet doors. Gotcha. Remember my mom's old cabinet oh, doors yeah, were hickory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, hickory, it fights back. Um, so it, this is something where if you're putting an edge profile or some kind of joinery, you, a lot of times you can sneak up on it. So you're only taking small bits at a time. Uh, if you try to take the whole thing in one pass, bad things can happen. So that would be my recommendation is to try to sneak up on it. Don't take it all at once. Break every operation down into like three or four steps. Break it down. Break it, break it down. Uh, Darren Ditch, I think I said his name right. I'm building a Rubo-style Rubo workbench, and I'm looking for a good finish that I can repair easily without a mix of boiled linseed oil, mineral spirits, and polyurethane. Oh, what? Wait. There's a period missing. I just read point, it. Point to it for me. This one right here. Okay. He's wondering, would a mix of boiled linseed oil, mineral spirits, and polyurethane be a good way to go? Sure. That's fine. Um, that's like a classic oil varnish blend, uh, homemade version. Um, that will work just fine. So you have a scratch or a dent or something you want to repair, spot repair, you just kind of sand it, get a little bit of that finish and wipe it in there. So that's a good choice. Xander has a question. You're right over it. Uh, hold on. I, so I think we need to like invite 
Mike Farrington to join the show. Yeah. I think his name is mentioned on this show. Almost every week. More than anyone else's. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say in answer to this question, why we aren't yet friends with, with Mike, um, I'm going to blame a pandemic yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Of, I also said we're homebodies. We're also, we don't like leaving the house. <laughs> we don't go anywhere. So yeah, one of these days we'll, uh, we'll introduce ourselves to Mr. Farrington. Invite him on the show yeah. and be like, here, here he is. Are you happy? Like that. There. Xander Constant says, I'm wondering what you would recommend for dust collection in a very small shop. I currently have a shop vac and a small cyclone dust separator. My shop is only nine by nine. Well, you're, you got a good start there. That's a good place to start. Attaching a shop vac and getting a little separator in there is a, a really good way to go. Once that reaches its limits, well, now you start looking at roll-around units. Um, you could upgrade to something big, but I don't know why you would need to or want to in a small space. Uh, so there are many roll-around dust collectors that are really good bargains. One of the, the ones you always hear people talk about is the Harbor Freight dust collector. Uh, that is a little roll-around unit, especially if you don't have to travel far. The length of hose you're using isn't very long. Uh, so even if it's not the most powerful dust collector, it can get the job done. So I know when I was in that stage, I wanted to go something past a shop vac. Uh, I just did one of the bagged roll-around units. Uh, if you look around and Google, you'll find all kinds of mods that people have done to that Harbor Freight unit to improve it. So you could probably put better bags on it. Um, you could do all different things with its configuration, but look it up. I know a lot of people like it, use it, and uh, have good things to say about it. And that's a great way to do it without like investing a whole lot of money. Terry Carter said, I finally got to see the show live, usually working. So oh, finally. Well, glad to thanks, have you. Thanks for hanging out with us, Terry. Uh, I got another question from Anthony. It's a workbench question. Okay. How long should leg tenons be for a workbench top that won't be glued down? The top is four and a half inches thick. The goal is to be able to knock the bench down to be moved in the future. Okay. Sometimes when you read, I zone out. I, How long should the leg tenons be for a workbench that won't be glued <laughs> down? Uh, the goal is to be able to knock... Uh, well, you know, they don't have to be that long. A workbench top, did you say it's four and a half inches thick? Yeah. That's heavy. It's not going anywhere. All you really need is something like once the base is glued up and ready to go and you got those little... You could just have like little tiny stubby tenons. They don't need to be really deep. Um, I would say minimally a half inch. If you want to make them deeper, certainly go ahead and make them deeper but I really don't think it's going anywhere. Chances are you're gonna screw it down, right? So you're gonna probably have carriage bolts or um, spack screws or something going up through the aprons into the top. That's doing all the holding. The only purpose of those tenons is to prevent any possibility of shifting one way or another. And you could do that with a tiny quarter inch tenon if you wanted to, I would say go for about a half inch. Got a question right there, JB. JB Briscafi? Yeah. A new watcher. Yay. How often do you do live shows, and when are they generally done? Nicole? So, how long we... You looked it up last... A couple days ago. How long we been doing this show? Lily been dead long time. Stop it. <laughs> what movie is that from? I don't know. <laughs> and why did that pop in my I head? I don't know. So, we, we <laughs> typically do this live show... It's been show a long time. ...every Friday. Since Arizona. Every Friday, uh, around 9.30-ish, because sometimes we start early. Yeah. Sometimes we start a little late, uh, but we are in Colorado and it's mountain time. So we've been doing this show since 2014. Mm -hmm. Is that right? 2014? It is something in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just something that Mark and I have been doing for a really long time. Uh, Mark here has been doing woodworking videos. Uh, if you go, you're on the channel. There's like 400 videos. We've been doing it since 2006. 
think we were one of the first. I venture to say we might be the longest who's the still longest, doing it. Longest running. Longest running ever. Woodworking. Nobody cares. We've no. been doing it for a long time. Yeah. So, so some of the older videos, you might go, wow, this looks like crap. This is only in Well, like, back in 2006. This is they, only 240p. They didn't have HD on YouTube. Yep. They didn't have HD in YouTube until 20, 2009. We're that old. Yeah, we're that old. Uh, Apple Apino <laughs> wants to know, is Wood Talk continuing in the next year? Wood Talk is continuing into the next year because our contract with Rockler runs through January, I believe. Is it January or February? I think it's up till February, okay. so through January. Will we continue after that? The honest answer is I don't know. Uh, we have to talk to Rockler, uh, get that conversation going, and see if they want to continue. Uh, if they do not, we have some decisions to make. Um, but I do know that the show probably will not continue if we do not have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got a question here from Chris. Answering the tough questions, Nicole. <laughs> it's the very last one, Chris. Okay. <laughs> when working with pre-finished ply, is scuffing the surface good enough for a good glue joint. Pre-finished ply, scuffing. Well, I mean, with pre-finished ply, a lot of times, I would imagine, your glue surfaces are not the same as your finished surfaces, right? Because you're finishing the faces, mostly. Your edges will be cut uh, and, and then put into a joint. That joint is also milled. So most of the things you need to worry about are already raw wood and not finished wood. You might just have a little bit of a finished surface that goes into a dado or something. Uh, I might be misunderstanding your joinery. If that's the case, I wouldn't really even worry about it too much. Um, scuffing the surface might not do a whole lot. I mean, again, this depends on what, uh, what you're doing and, and even what type of glue you're using. Um, if you're using like a polyurethane glue, yeah, maybe that'll bite to the finish and scuff sanding it a little bit might help. Uh, but if you're using wood glue, Wood glue is going to look at a sealed surface and go, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> wood glue needs wood fibers to do its job. So scuffing isn't really going to do much to help you there. But I would hope that the way your joinery is cut, it's going to kind of be a non-issue because most of the glue surface is already raw material. Does that make sense? Tim JB asked me if there are any sponsor discount changes for 2021. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm assuming you're referring to the guild, the guild discounts. Guild discounts. Mm -hmm. So if you if you purchase any project in the guild, you're automatically a member for life, and that includes um, uh, vendor discounts that we work with. So we work with MLCS. They give us a 10% um, discount. Uh, also. Uh, Bruso hardware for, I think the jewelry box gave us a discount on that. Mm. Um, El Forest, CR Muter Spa Lumber. I'll just put the link in the chat. Um, that Those are all of the, the vendor discounts that we have currently. I need, it's actually, I'm glad you asked, Tim, uh, because it'll make me go through the list and just follow up with all of them just to make sure that we're up to date for 2021. Mm -hmm. So For sure. For sure. I love when people think that you're a woodworker. <sighs> we should switch jobs. Have Nicole make the projects and Mark do the support work. Yeah. You want to do the furniture? I could do it. I could do it. I could do anything. Yeah. It's, this reminds me, I told the story. It's just before. if I want to. There was a point in time when we played uh, a lot of Mario Golf. Shut up. And uh, I could build something. Nicole played as Princess Peach. You're full of it. And thought she had a pretty solid golf swing down. Mm -hmm. And then we actually went out golfing and she realized that somehow the skills don't translate. You're about ready to get smacked for real. <laughs> I like it. I like when you smack me, Nicole. Uh -huh. All right, what else? Um... <laughs> 
Uh, okay. <laughs> Blood Monk says, have you ever bought a tool, big or small, because why not, that turned out to be a great buy? You know, it's going to be hard to narrow this down because I waste a lot of money on tools. I spend money on things that I think just look kind of cool. And they often do surprise me at being, you know, a nicely well-made tool. Uh, there's a lot of times where I might buy something because I think it looks cool, but I don't actually have a use for it very often. But that one or two times a year that I need to do that thing, I break it out and I'm super happy about my purchase. Um, you know, one of, one of the things I think people get a little bit confused by watching me is they, they forget that I actually would work mostly like a hobbyist uh, because I stopped building for clients a very long time ago. So when I buy stuff, sometimes I just buy stuff because I want to, or, you know, to me, this is a fun space for me. So if I get excited about a tool and I have the, the funds to purchase it, that's, that's what I do. So I do a lot of that, what you're talking about, you know, splurge on something and go, oh, that was actually, uh, I'm glad I did that. Uh, Sly wants to know, uh, or, did I say his name right, Sly? I don't know. Sill? Sill. Sorry. I always if, do if that. One, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Sill. Yeah. Uh, is this the last show of the year? If so, when do they start up again? Hmm. So it is the last official show, but we will be doing a holiday giveaway show in yeah. December. Haven't picked the date yet, but... Um, we'll, it'll be a night show, I think. Yeah. We'll try to do an evening yeah, show. Yeah, we'll do an evening show. And we'll have giveaways... I gotta see what I've got. A lot of times these holiday giveaways come down to like, okay, year's over. Uh, stuff that's been sent to me or promotional stuff that's been sent to us. What do we do with it? Mm -hmm. let's, let's give it away. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see what we got. Yep. Uh, currently, Scott, we are not looking for social media help. We did find someone. But the, the silly thing about it is we only have like another month before yeah. we're done. Right. That that person can actually interact with us. Uh, this is the point where Nicole just walks off the show with no explanation. I'm not sure what the heck is going on here. I'm going to be like Garth now. <laughs> because I wanted to show off. You know who else has huge forearms? Rockley. So um, That's a wood talk joke, Mitch from MLCS sent me these the templates for um, the so long, long, long time ago. You did a ghost router bowl. Yeah. And they have more templates, and Mitch was kind enough oh boy, to send they. them to me, and uh, John's been working on them for me. So, awesome, awesome craft gift. I love the candy cane. I love the candy cane. Nice job, John. So, we're going to give uh, MLCS some, some love there. These are going to be some... You might get this. It's a lot of M&Ms, Nicole. <laughs> it is a lot of M&Ms. <laughs> I can't eat that many. Okay. <laughs> so, we're making Christmas uh, gifts yeah, right those now. Those are fun. So, uh, yeah, you can find the templates for these. They, mm -hmm. There's like, he has like, there's like 15 of them. There's like a... All kinds of holiday ones, Halloween, there's Christmas. There's like paw print for pet yeah, lovers. Stuff that's not having anything to do with holidays. Lots so, of yeah. good stuff. So, Mark shows how to do, because John did these, and they're a lot thinner than the one you made. Why is mm -hmm. the one you made so thick with the ghost? Uh, because I like it thicker. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. John's a little more daring than I am. He yeah. goes with a thinner wall. A thinner wall. I appreciate a good thick wall. All right. You know? So, yeah. So, you can watch the video uh, about the ghost one. Yeah. But you can find all these templates at uh, MLCS. Um, Apo Apino wants to know. Well, he says, don't know why a pro building for customers wouldn't want nice tools as well. I don't think it's a matter of them wanting nice tools. When, when you're a professional and it's a time is money kind of situation, nice tools are great, but... Tools are just that, tools. 
Hobbyists tend to buy tools that have a lot of creature comforts, extra things, and just have that little feel-good uh, aspect to it. A lot of pros are just trying to make a living, right? So they don't want to spend extra money when another tool that's cheaper will just get the job done, right? It's more practical. Uh, there's not as much fluff. Yeah, maybe it's not as nice of a tool, but they can still get their job done and uh, get uh, make a happy client out of it. I think it's a matter of um, practicality. And hobbyists tend to think in terms of uh, slightly less practical things that cost more money just because. It's the way it works. Can I, can I give you... Uh a new place to tell people to look for tools? Because usually if you're on a budget, kind of looking at, you know, Craigslist, yeah. Facebook, um, Goodwill actually has a online auction site. Really? And I've been a little uh, addicted to it lately because mm. <laughs> I found some really cool oh, that's stuff. Great. But if you go to shopgoodwill.com and look for tools, uh, and you, it, it's the kind of site that you have to go back to a lot. But you can find some pretty good deals on... I so mean, it's goodwill, but it's auction. It's auction. And so sometimes there's like no bids. Sometimes there's a couple bids. So like here's a lot. And they, the way that goodwill does it, they'll try to put things together. So it'll be a lot. So this is a lot of drafting tool supplies. Right now, one bid, 10 bucks. Yeah. Nine hours to go. So shopgoodwill.com. Uh, look for kind of if you're in the market and trying to save mm -hmm. a few bucks. Interesting. It's very interesting. And a lot of times um, they they try to verify the tool, like make sure it works and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it'll say if it's in working order and things. So like this one, Chicago Power Tools, cutoff saw, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So okay. there you go. Another tip for finding cheaper tools. So Dustin Wade says, uh, I may have missed it. Were those templates for CNC? <laughs> So I'm going to ask this question. How would they work as a template for CNC? Well, John said he was going to make them, the rest of them, right. on the CNC. But by pulling the image into a program to make a vector file? Yeah. But why would you need a template for CNC? True. That's when, that's when I'm trying to get to the nature oh, gotcha, of Dustin's gotcha, question. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Uh, these are router templates, right? So yeah. it's actually uh, acrylic, I guess? It's like yeah, a, it is acrylic. Yeah, some kind of a, a plastic acrylic, uh, probably about like a quarter inch thick and you are using bearing-guided router bits to hog out all the material, right? And John looked at this, and of course, that's what he said. He's like, you know, I can make this a lot faster with the CNC. <laughs> that's not the point, John. Don't do it. I put a link in the chat room for the templates, and you can kind of see, see it there. Um, so Argo gave us a super oh, chat. Awesome. Thank you. A little something for the tip jar. Aww. Thanks for the laughs, guys. Well, we're glad you're laughing. Some people just get annoyed. Yeah. And thumbs down. And thumbs down. <laughs> but uh, that's only, you know, our goal here is to make people laugh and maybe answer a question or two. Uh, are we? We're, How we're is the it. clock messed up again? We're mountain. Yeah, but the clock is messed up is again. Is it? Because yeah, you keep taking it off. off. Taking it off the wall should not make it move an hour. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think happens when I take it off the I wall? I don't know. I don't if you know. would just leave it up, it wouldn't be a problem, Mark. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? Many woodworker sites have deals like uh, Wood Whisper. Well, yeah, lots. I, I've scrolled through my Instagram feed, and uh, it's like a uh, as seen on TV uh, series of advertisements. <laughs> it's like we're part of the problem. We are. But everybody's got products. Everybody's got plans. Everybody's got stuff to sell now, and it's uh, it's all like ninety percent off. We're the best. Everything must go. <laughs> That's what's going on right now. What's the best way to clean a glue bot? I usually uh, give it to John. 
and say, Stop it. that's true. You just, well, how does, then was, how does John I, clean it? I had a glue bot and John came in here and he's like, why aren't we using this? And I said, that's a great question. Maybe we should use it. So we filled one up. Then I bought a few more. And now every time it gets clogged, I go, hey, John, could you, um, is it just get like stuff in it? Yeah. So if uh, the easiest way to clean it, I guess it depends on how uh, dry and crusty it's gotten. But the great thing about the glue bots is they have a removable tip. Ooh. It's got a removable tip. So you just take that tip off, go get some hot water. Uh, usually I get a flat screwdriver, scrape that on the inside, push the, the dried schmutz through uh, or go the other way, put the screwdriver in through the, the, the tip and then pull the schmutz out from the back. It's all very gross. Um, I also have some brushes, like little um, pipe cleaner type brushes that I use to sometimes scrape some of that material out. Now, if you have dried glue on the inside, it's a little bit trickier to handle that. Um, at, you definitely want to put some hot water in there, let it soak for a little bit, soften everything up, and then you might be able to get wire brushes or a coat hanger or whatever it takes uh, to get something in there that kind of scrapes the glue and try to peel that stuff out. Hey, I think we should uh, wrap the show up. Let's we do it. We started early and we're going past the time. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Apoapina, I like his theory. Matt gave it a thumbs down because Mark's now cuter without the beard. Uh, Matt's uh, feeling competitive because now I look five years old like he does. Except for the gray hair. I look like a five-year-old with gray hair. <laughs> That's actually what I'm shooting for these days in my 40s. Okay, uh, uh, one more question. Oh no, oh no, I saw it come in. Don't do that. You're new here, blood. What? <laughs> he says, were you woodworking as a job much before the transition to YouTube or was it more of a hobby that you decided to start filming? That's not a bad question. What do you think that was going to send I me off on I a, don't know. You, a rant? He mentioned YouTube. You just saw the word YouTube and assumed I was going to get pissed. <laughs> I love that, Nicole. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, here we go. So I was woodworking for a couple of years, um, just trying to survive as a custom furniture business. Thankfully, Nicole had a really good job and a good salary, so she was really supporting us. Mm -hmm. I was just barely putting money into the pile to try to get our, our mortgage going. I hear I was in TV. <laughs> Why do people think that? I don't know. She I did was not never, work in TV. I was never in TV. She worked in uh, university software. I was I was in computer sales. Sales and tech support. Software sales, actually. So uh, when we moved to Arizona, I still tried to make the business work, and uh, it was very difficult. And eventually, around 2005, 2006, that was when uh, online video, sorry, I need a drink, became um, a reality. The tech was catching up and people were uploading videos and podcasts were becoming a thing. Uh, the Apple video iPod was becoming a thing. And mm -hmm. that's when I started to make some videos. And it just very quickly became clear to me that making video and teaching people woodworking was kind of where my passion was and also where the profit was for me. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped making, not immediately, but eventually stopped making furniture you for clients. Of clients. <clears throat> Still and instead, in the area. yeah, I kept a few over the years, uh, but then instead, kind of transitioned into making online content. So that's the story. Also, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, and I get questions like that once in a while, like on um, from folks on Instagram. Yeah, if you're new, if you go to thewoodwhisperer.com/slash/about, uh, there's my bio there, plus a whole bunch of interviews that ask these business-related questions about you know how we as a, mm -hmm. a family and as a business um, sort of evolved into this whole thing, and uh, you can find all that information there. Okay. I'll put a link in the chat to the about page. Yep. Because there's actually a lot of good information there that I think people don't. Okay. <laughs> Mark was a kept man. 
I really was no, you for a little while. Well, it was your well, fault that yeah. I quit my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I encouraged him. He he was working in in science. He was in a. I had a real job. You guys. Real job. <laughs> with a real paycheck and health insurance. And then I said, "Screw all that. I'm gonna play online. I'm gonna go uh, hang out with David Marks for a few yeah. months. I'm gonna try and be a furniture maker. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, well, thank you for watching, it everybody. Was a, it was a great idea. Turned out to be one. Um, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And remember that drill press fends steel on until December 23rd. Uh, we'll put the links in the notes for you guys if you want to go check that out. Uh, and we really appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, we are thankful. We are thankful. We are thankful for you guys watching us. We really appreciate it. And if you are either a Patreon supporter or a YouTube member, we're going to do a small after show after this. Just more casual questions mm -hmm. um, and I'll put a link to the Patreon post in the chat and we just got a super chat from Josh Joshu80 good buddy status and coffee Aww. thanks for a great year thanks Josh well, thank you it's been is it Joshua year. Joshua you think something like that so yeah just to, just to recap we will see you guys at least one more time mm -hmm. before 2021 we're going to have a holiday show it'll be an evening show just look at our social and stuff for announcements about that giveaways we'll do some giveaways we like to give stuff away at the end of the year yep baby alright thank you for watching everybody have a great weekend bye